our communication habits are dramatically different to what they were even just a few years ago, and an entire industry has molded itself to those changes. You're listening to Tech Force Middle East, a new podcast highlighting the digital surge in the region. In today's podcast, we're learning about what it takes to transform in high-intensity, highly regulated industries like telecom, and how you can use transformation to shift away from traditional telco operating models to add more value. We'll also be learning about how AWS and Salesforce's cloud infrastructure capability, Hyperforce, will make this transformation happen. Joining us is Connor Harnett, the Director of Commercial Business and Partnerships at EAND Enterprise. EAND is no stranger to transformation. Formerly at Tisalat, EAND rebranded in 2022 to show their growth from a pure telco provider to a pioneer of modern technology, focused on innovation and collaboration. The group now has over 163 million customers across 16 countries through its many telecom brands, including EAND Enterprise. Connor has been at EAND Enterprise for three years, driving transformational change. And in this episode, we speak to him about where the telco market is today and what the future holds. Also joining us is Thierry Nico, the Area Vice President of Sales at Salesforce. Thierry has over 20 years of experience in the IT industry and uses his know-how of CRM and business intelligence to help MENA customers digitally transform their business. He's currently overseeing the release of Hyperforce in the MENA region, which is an eagerly awaited launch. And he also happens to be my boss. Connor, Thierry, welcome to TechForce Middle East. It's great to have you. Thank you for Thanks. having us. Yeah, thank you very much for the invoice. Before we get into the nitty gritty, let's start with some rapid fire questions. I'll start with you, Connor. Can you give me one word to describe one of the things I'm going to say. Firstly, working in the Middle East. Uh, hot. Thierry, working in the Middle East, one word. Very busy. Two words. Very busy. Busy if you are only one. And digital transformation. Efficiency. Speed. What? Why do you say efficiency? Because I feel with the whole journey companies are going on now, they're just going to improve how they work internally, more efficient, better things or things are done in a better way. Um, so it's a kind of a key uh, benefit of it. And Thierry, why, why speed? Because I feel that uh, the customer demand or needs are changing very fast. So we need to cope with new technologies and new ways of doing business. And so speed is, uh, is the new currency now. And I'll stay with you, Thierry. One word about putting your customers first. It's listening. Connor? Uh, trust. What, why do you say listen? Because I think everyone in every industry is facing digital transformation in a different way. So we need to really listen what is uh, the challenge that they have to, uh, to work with and fix. Uh, so you can't fix anything if you don't listen and understand what uh, the customer challenge is. Tr trust is a big word. So what, why, would, why do you say trust? Yeah, like just on those points, it's, it, if you don't listen, you need to ensure that you're giving them what they want so they trust you, that you're going to deliver to their expectations. And it's, uh, it's very important, especially in the Middle East, because, you know, we're at an earlier stage of the digital cycle here. So you have to bring them on that journey. So basically hold their hand and they believe in your expertise and you're going to deliver what you say. Brilliant. I think that's a good time to segue into the purpose of today's podcast. Um, ENN went through the rebranding. I think it's about 12 months ago now, right? Can you just talk to us about the EN structure and where your role fits in that structure, please? As we're talking with digital transformation, we've done a 
a huge transformation ourselves in the past about 12, 18 months, where we've undergone this journey of being a regional uh, telco joint and now looking to be a global technology company. And um, we're on a you know a significant acquisition spree. We've uh, developed a new structure within the company. In For myself, I work in the enterprise, so I'm responsible for delivering profitable growth, acquiring new uh, customers, and providing commercial insights to uh, the business. You've been there five years now? I've been in there for the last three years, actually. Uh, I started uh, the first week of March 2020, wow. so three weeks before the whole COVID kicked in, so it was a massive steep learning curve from the beginning. We've had a few guests on the podcast that started their careers just before COVID hit. So how, how was it for you starting a new job just before COVID? Um, you know, it, it's an event that I think we'll always treasure and uh, understand, you know, our strengths because you're on, you're under such pressure from the beginning. Uh, again, the word trust, you know, because I was brand new. So you had to build that trust, build the relationships internally, get to know people immediately because everything went from a physical meeting to online. And, um, you know, my I knew my remit from the beginning. I had to deliver on things immediately from the word go. So I needed to uh, reach out to the right people. Um, but I, but it was such a good experience. Like it's something I actually loved and treasure uh, a lot. It's a great memory. And Thierry, you manage a team of a large number of salespeople and RVPs. What was it like transitioning from on-site, on-field selling to completely sitting behind your computer screen and ma managing customer relations? I have two step of answering your question. First, at personal level, I was so much in the planes that it was not bad for me to stop for a while. Take a break. Yeah, take a break of, of, of the high traveling. Um, but on the, on the business side, I think uh, it has changed uh, the way we are seeing the digital applications. And um, we, we proved during that period that uh, digital applications can help us to work remotely, to work from the office, to work from anywhere. And uh, it proved to be very efficient uh, during that period of time. Our business uh, kept growing. Um, so, yeah, I think it was an, an important learning for lots of people. I'm putting aside the, uh, the consequences uh, on, on people who were affected by the, by the pandemic. But uh, uh, on the business side, I think uh, it has been a lot of learnings from uh, people who used to uh, work as a traditional way, work from the office, work on the legacy applications. It has shifted a lot of things internally in lots, many, many, many organizations. In your introduction earlier, Connor, you touched on the number of acquisitions that Ian and is, are going through at the moment and your lofty ambitions. How are you making that transition from what you were before to what you're trying to be? Yeah, so as I mentioned, we were focused on being a telecom company in the past and now we're really on this drive to be a global technology company and uh, you would have seen that with the acquisition of Kareem that we made a few weeks ago and that's probably one of the biggest uh, the one of the biggest that we've done in recent times it was it's well known to the market 400 million dollars so we're making a big bet on this play and uh, we're fully involved uh, fully invested to move to that technology uh, stack in the future uh, to cater for customer needs either from consumer needs or on the B2B. In B2B, which is the area I really work in, you know, we're looking at acquiring companies that will either be complementary to our existing portfolio, or if we identify a gap, we know that they're the right fit for us, especially as we expand as well. You know, we're, we're predominantly in the UAE, Ian Enterprise. We have presence now in KSA, in Egypt, and we are looking to grow even further. 
What's the difference between a techco and a traditional telco business? You know, really it's about delivering advanced B2B solutions, um, you know, maximizing the value creation of the latest technology trends, either across cloud, IoT, AI, and cybersecurity. Um, and then it's been able to deliver that, you know, showcasing that expertise, having the right partner ecosystem in place, and to be able to go end to end on that journey to prove that you really are a techn uh, technology company. And you've been here in the Middle East a while here in the UAE for, I don't know, 10 years plus, right? Seven. Seven years, seven. nearly a decade. What are the different market dynamics here in the UAE compared to other regions that you've worked in? Yeah, actually, great question. Um, it's one thing I I, um, I noticed immediately when I arrived off the plane because I was fresh off the plane uh, seven years ago. I had no experience in the Middle East, first time to Dubai. But I saw very quickly that building relationships was key. Um, it was so important to build that strong bond with any individual or a customer. Uh, you had to be held accountable, you know, deliver on what you say. And um, building that uh, strong network effect was so crucial, you know, and, and as I mentioned earlier, the trust factor building. If you had those key um, ingredients, you know, you're on the right path to succeed. Um, compared to, I guess, other markets, you know, from um, you know a mobile perspective and stuff, the mobile, the market here is different. And the demographics, if you look at that, it's more expats. Um, you know, the population here has grown. It's over 10 million in the UAE. 90% are expats. So that means you have a different type of profile of users on the mobile network, you know, hence higher ARPU spend. But a lot of the, um, you know, the money that's generated by EAND is in reinvestors. And that's the key thing because we want to have the best customer experiences. We have the fastest 5G network uh, in the market. So it's very, very important that we cater for our customer needs. Thierry, same question to you. How do you, you've obviously had a long career in CRM and BI in different regions, but also here in, in the UAE and in the GCC. How are the market dynamics here different to other regions you've worked in? So I worked mainly in France and then in different, uh, what we call gross markets or African continent, Central Europe and Middle East since well, probably two decades now, um, in and out. I never had the chance to leave here like uh, Connor, but uh, um, I know quite well the, the region and what uh, amazed me from the beginning is uh, the feeling that everything is possible. Um, there's a good vision and there's plans to execute the visions. And um, I think this is where the new technology like the one that uh, EN Enterprise are providing can really help uh, the overall economy here to, uh, uh, to, to step up and, and to take advantage of that because there's a lot of great benefits to, uh, to adopt uh, technologies. But uh, the market needs enablers, and I think EA and Enterprise is really one of these. Yeah, and, and just on that point, actually, you know, I think it's it's a, a clever mandate by the government here. They really do focus on the digital economy. Like you can see it where they announced last year the UAE digital economy strategy, and the key focus of that is to increase the overall digital economy contribution to GDP. So today, I think it represents around 9%. Their ambition is to make it work, uh, represent just under 20% in 10 years' time. So having that support from the government, that vision, is a fantastic thing here. And just staying on that uh, uh, target of trying to become 20% of GDP, how are e and Enterprise contributing to that vision? For us, it's 
you know, being able to cater for your customer needs. So it's either, you know, what is your cloud strategy? You know, what's the digital journey that you need? We have a very strong portfolio of products within each of our business lines. You know, you can have your co-location, your data centers, your clouds with uh, Microsoft Azure, AWS. So we cater for, for, for that requirement. Then you're looking at the IoT and AI, which one thing that we're really focusing now is sustainability as a service. You know, it's a big mandate. We've got COP28 happening later this year. And this is a new service offering that we're going to build to look and cater for scope one, scope two, scope three of sustainability and what our customer needs because regulation will come into effect. You will be penalized if you're not seeing that you're doing good sustainable efforts. And that's what we are really focusing on. You know, it's a key requirement this year for us is to have that service up and running. One of the things that you mentioned to us when we were doing the pre-interview preparation was around the length of time it's taking to, to close deals, the sales cycle. What's, how, how, what are your thoughts around the current length of sales cycles that we're seeing? Yeah, uh, in a previous role I had uh, for a multinational company, um, it used to be the, the, the question we were asked the, uh, the, the, the most was, guys, when are we going to close this deal? What's going to happen? Uh, I think we actually had that experience ourselves between Salesforce <laughs> and the Enterprise. Um, I feel, you know, a key thing that people need to understand with the Middle East is there's a lot of stakeholders involved to make that final decision, you know, and that's what we try to ensure sales guys are aware of. You know, what is the stakeholder mapping? You know, who are you engaged with? Who's the decision maker? Who's the coach? Who's the promoter? And we try to make sure everybody's identified within an organization and then who are the executive levels and mapping that needs to be done. By doing that ensures that you've got the customer covered by having the right processes and tools in place, like the, the, the most effective CRM can help. You know, you can help educate the sales guys of sales stage has been static. What can we do? What prompts do we need to have to engage with the customers? What promos do we need to do? So that really works. Um, I, and, you know, hopefully over time for us, especially internally, we will see benefits of our sales cycle reduce because we've got best practice enforced. Terry, does that resonate? Are you also seeing sales cycles extended? Yeah, it, it depends on which topic you are talking about. Um, we are talking about uh, the government uh, uh, sponsoring the digital economy. Uh, I think there's uh, key priorities um, and sometimes the sales cycle are larger. But I agree with Connor. Most of the time there's a lot. It's, it's not one man decision. Most of the time it's a, it's a consensus that we need to reach in an organization to go ahead with a project. And so we need to ensure that we can uh, address all the questions that each and every one of these person has to uh, uh, to understand. You brought up the idea of having a CRM system to help you connect all the dots. How are ENN, E and Enterprise using CRM systems to help them navigate this this, this space? Yeah, well, I guess um, <laughs> that was one of my biggest selling points internally because uh, I was a big advocate of Salesforce because of that main reason. We know we operate, as I mentioned, in these different business lines. So as a result, with a large organization, you create silos. And that silo effect can actually impact your overall sales performance because you've got different BDs, salespeople um, selling into the same customer. So by joining the dots, understanding what are we selling to the same customer, what are their pain points, building in a unified care platform, you get all these insights and it's valuable information. So you could go to the customer knowing what they need, but you know, what's a priority for them. So it's, it's something that I'm really looking forward to going on this journey even more with Salesforce, because I think it will really enhance our performance over the next few months. There's one thing about CRM systems helping us to sell to customers, but is there a benefit from a customer 
to the customer of, of you having a CRM system? Uh, I think Siri might be better uh, positioned to answer that one, but uh, I see the benefits as a customer of knowing my landscape, and that's something that we've you know we've seen the the um, uh, how we've improved in recent weeks alone by creating dashboards, understanding the sales stages of each of the deals, all the ways up to top um, management, and it's very very important to be able to showcase that we've moved from Excel, PowerPoints, word of mouth to a real platform that's giving you the uh, up-to-minute uh, insights of what's happening across the business. Thierry, you've been at the front line of bringing this AWS and Salesforce partnership that we call Hyperforce here to the region. Can you tell us a little bit more about what Hyperforce is and why it's important for everyone here in the UAE? Yeah, Hyperforce is the, 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 the infrastructure for the Salesforce Customer 360 platform. All our uh, products are built on the Hyperforce. Hyperforce is also a way for us to leverage the public cloud uh, uh, features from AWS um, and deploy quicker and faster in across the globe. So for example, we used to have two, sometimes three data center per year built ourselves. Now this year only we will uh, deploy 16 different data center across the world. So it's a, it's a, it's a massive improvement in terms of speed to deploy. Um, and it, it brings all the security, data residency, compliance, and, and structure that we know already on the Salesforce platform in our own data center. So Hyperforce is really a game changer for us and for our customers in order to comply with the, with the data residency uh, uh, question. Talking about it being a game changer to our customers, how can it help organizations like EN Enterprise? It will help them because the first, uh, they can assure to the, all their public sector uh, uh, customers, all the the industries who are carrying or are storing sensitive data, that the data will be stored in the country. So this is the first thing, and it will reinforce also uh, backup plans, recovery, all the technology that uh, we are putting in place to ensure availability, scale, uh, uh, security at at scale for any customers. Uh, we have only one single version of the platform in use at the same time across the globe. And this is the uh, the beauty and the advantage of the multi-tenant structure that we have. Connor, you touched on it a little bit before, but Thierry, in your opinion, how is digital transformation being applied in the telecommunication space? So I will step back a little bit on your question on saying, first, the digital transformation is a business transformation. And second, uh, I think what is important in a business digital transformation is the tools and the platform that you use. The more flexible, the more agile, but also the more secure it is, uh, the more efficient you will be at the end. Uh, the idea is to reduce the time to value compared to previous way of doing uh, IT projects. And it is also to constantly adapt to the new needs of the customers by also bringing new innovations and new technologies along the way. Uh, and to answer your question, I think uh, uh, telcos uh, today has to adapt uh, from being a pure telco operator and, and, and providing uh, mobile uh, uh, network, for example, to more technology partner type of services. And this is exactly what uh, the transformation EN Enterprise is doing. And I think uh, uh, customers will, will enjoy it because they can't cope with the, the, the mass, massive transformation that they have to do th themselves. They need a strong partner to do that. 
Connor, what advice do you have to or for businesses here in the UAE that are just about to set up? Um, that's a great question, actually. Um, I think it's so important to be part of the kind of network ecosystem for the startups, the, the scale-ups. Um, even for ourselves, we have um, um, a, a platform called Future Now that looks after companies that have a, a technology or a niche um, service that we try to onboard them and help them grow because we know it can help other customers as well. So it's really important. Um, it's you know being part of the free zones, getting the benefits. The government, again, are doing massive uh, campaigns to help support startups like Hub71 in Abu Dhabi, which we're part of, uh, great initiatives, and it really helps. Thierry? How have you seen cloud computing evolve in the region over the last few years? Yeah, um, cloud computing at global level is growing fast, uh, no doubt. Uh, and especially also in the region, it is uh, it is picking up in lots of different solutions, lots of different level of uh, IT solutions and applications. Um, I think the, the market is growing 27% uh, per year uh, for the coming few years. So there's a huge uh, transformation uh, between on-premise solutions toward the cloud, um, Salesforce pioneered the, the the cloud model, as you as you know, um, in the CRM system. Now we have expanded the portfolio massively since uh, we started almost twenty five years ago now. Um, but um, the cloud computing uh, uh, solutions are bringing a lot of new values compared compared to what uh, used to be done before. Um, in terms of uh, time to value. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, speed of innovation, in terms of uh, additional uh, business stream. Uh, so it is bringing a lot of new uh, values and, and revenue stream for lots of people. Um, we plan, uh, uh, based on the IDC survey uh, on the Salesforce economy, we plan to have 20,000 new jobs created by 2026, which represent more or less 4 billion of new revenue, $4 billion of new revenue by 2026, which is a, a massive evolution. Um, and we are uh, intending to uh, grow in the region and, and grow also our partner uh, ecosystem because our partner ecosystem is key in this growth, of course. And what advice do you have for organizations who are slightly intimidated in making that transition from on-premise technology to cloud computing? So I think there's a couple of uh, activities or action that could be taken. Um, I think uh, the first step is always the most difficult. After that, it, 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 you, you learn on the go. Um, we have a lot of customers in the region that have started a small project or pilot project or MVP zero, whatever you call it, um, at a decent scale, but not strategic uh, application and not strategic deployment. And after these learnings, which takes four to six months, they decide whether or not they will deploy. Most of the time they go and deploy massively because of the benefits I was mentioning before. The speed at which they can get value, the speed at which they can have the adoption from the users, which is very important. And the speed at which they can uh, recenter their business, putting the customer at the center of everything they do. Uh, Connor was mentioning uh, uh, before, the, putting the customer at the center of everything they do, whatever the n number of line of business you have to, to sell, when you sell to the same customer, you need to know what has been done by the colleagues before meeting him. So this is what the, the, the CRM and single view of, of the customer can bring you. 
and 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 bring by the way productivity efficiency and cust better customer experience i think uh, today customers are asking and this is true for crm providers but also in the cloud system uh, uh, customers are asking us to know them better and to engage with us only when we are uh, efficient and pertinent we don't they don't want to engage with someone they don't know they don't want to engage with uh, someone who is just making mass emails they want to engage with someone who know them and and know how to engage with them at the right time for the with the right message and Connor, i'd like to pose the same question do you have any advice for organizations making that transition from on-prem to the cloud um, I, I think it's series covered a lot of it's like even for ourselves we are a, a cloud um, agnostic provider so we work with all the partners and uh, i think it's very important that as i mentioned you have to build the trust with a customer so that's what we do we, we go in we analyze you know what the customer should use um what cloud provider what works well how can you start off in small workloads and eventually migrate to a larger type of cloud migration project um and like and that's the strength that we try to provide actually we worked together on um on uh, customer proposals in the past uh but through our contact center uh using salesforce platform as well and uh, so it's building that ecosystem and they, Can you remind us how long it took uh, to, for actually, you to, yeah, to put that in in place? I think it was the quickest delivery of all time, like over a weekend almost. Uh, yeah, let's let's put it a week. <laughs> yeah, so like, and it was an amazing project. Uh, for one of for one of the government agencies, as well. So there was a lot of eyes and focus on it, and um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a shining star uh, and an example of how we and enterprise can prime these deals. You know, look at the back end, understanding what partner ecosystem do we need to onboard, take care of those pain points for the customer, showcase who are the um, the partners of choice, why, uh, giving them that vision and that roadmap, and take them on a small journey step by step, and to build the confidence and trust, so then they can go, you know, larger scale in the future. So the message is: start small, think big, move fast. Yeah. Absolutely. Connor, staying on the subject of the customer, you've mentioned multiple product lines that you guys have at EAN Enterprise. You talked about cloud computing, artificial intelligence, IoT, cybersecurity. You talked about sustainability. How do you go about selling complex solutions like this to customers? One thing that we, we looked at last year was, you know, ensuring that we had the right sales force in place because of the whole technology evolution that we're going on. Uh, we spent a lot of time hiring, you know, very capable guys that have this experience uh, that can actually join all the dots, uh, build these complex deals. And that's their, uh, that's their vision uh, within EN Enterprise. That's why they joined EN Enterprise. They're excited about bringing a customer on that journey by adding all the different applications, if it's AI, uh, through our partners as well that we've in place with data robots, if it's a contact center with NICE, they know that we have built a really strong partner ecosystem, that we have the trust already there through the existing sales force that have you know been working with these customers for the past 30 years uh, and they uh, they go in showcasing their expertise bringing the subject matter experts uh, on that uh, discussion as well and then effectively going step by step uh, baby steps uh, in a matter of words to try to build the trust um, build the expertise and uh, have us as a capable partner for the future. Connor, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Do you have any closing remarks for our listeners? 
Hey, thanks again for the invite. I really enjoyed it. Uh, great to see you again face to face. It's uh, been too long. Uh, so we need to make it on a more regular basis because uh, we're definitely on a journey with Salesforce. Um, I think, you know, from the very beginning of deployment, we were very keen to make sure that we had your professional services arm help deploy the CRM as part of the phase one because we wanted to get the basics right. You know, the foundation was critical to have it up and running. And what was really interesting was, and I always expressed this when we were in discussions last year, was I wanted to be challenged by the best. You know, I know how sales operations should run, but I don't know how a CRM, what best in class looks like. And I really enjoyed the debates, the the, 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 the challenging uh, feedback I often got from your team, but it was invaluable to me. Um, you know, it was a great project over three months, almost a bit, you know, too, too squeezed in at times, um, but we have it up and running. And now, you know, what's most important is we're going to the next phase. And the next phase, thankfully, you know, there's some really good partners on the ground here, you know, platinum partners that we're, we're, we have already engaged with and that we're keen to try to extract as much value out of the CRM as possible for EN Enterprise to, to succeed on the journey that we're going on. It, it, it's really important that we make it work and happen. Thank so, you. Thank you for the feedback and thank you for the trust, Connell. And Thierry, over to you. Any closing remarks? Yeah, I think uh, um, we have a, a very good example of uh, CRM cloud implementation here with uh, EN Enterprise. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, the Salesforce economy here in the in, in the country and in the region in general is growing fast. It's a huge growth coming in. Uh, so we are in the end of new skills. People uh, that will be able to understand and implement a Salesforce CRM system. Uh, and for our listeners, if I can invite them, for those who would like to improve their digital skills, I would invite them to connect to Trailhead, our online training uh, uh, facilities. They will be, it's free. Uh, they will be able to really uh, step up and uh, put their game up in terms of digital skills and with ability to transform and translate the business transformation that they have to do in their organization into the platform and make their organization moving fast. Amazing. Connor, Thierry, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. We've painted a vivid picture of how telcos are shifting away from the traditional telco operating model to become techco businesses. And thank you, dear listener, for joining us on this episode of Tech Force, and we'll see you next time. Hello everyone, it's Mark, the host of TechForce Middle East, a new podcast sponsored by Salesforce that explores some of the important issues affecting Middle East businesses today. Every month, we'll be joined by emerging entrepreneurs, startups, and leading companies to explore how they're navigating through some of the biggest changes of our time, whether it's about financial performance and inclusion, the future of work, digital-first customer experiences, or gender empowerment. We'll be learning from the best. So grab a cup of coffee and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button below and please continue the conversation in the comments. See you soon.